0: Welcome to Ultiversal q your guide to the ultimate universe. Now I'm podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And, uh, yeah, it's been two weeks since we did an episode, sort of kind of longer, uh, like, since our last episode, well, since recording our last episode at least, i've seen avengers twice and uh i did the convention and dressed as the lizard man and what what things are you going to bring to the we need to interview each other about our lives because that's apparently what makes podcasts very
1: good super i have also seen the avengers movie how many times I also just the once so far i did also watch the first iron man movie again I nice. was surprised to see, because I keep believing that Robert Downey Jr. has not really aged since he took on the role. And damn, nope, I was wrong. Yeah. Ah, uh, I also saw Zac Efron play Ted Bundy.
0: Well, uh, I guess we should get into our Avengers in-game talk up front. If you had to reduce it to a letter
1: grade, what would you give it? A. Okay. I thought everything was great. Also, the fact that they are trying to culminate 22 films worth of plot line just is also just such an impressive feat. We probably will never see something like this happen again.
0: I don't know. Have you heard that they are announcing a hannah Barbera
1: cinematic
0: yeah no you were the one who sent me the email yeah the I don't
1: what i told you, yeah, I told you. Mm-hmm. oh no that that universe if they do it correctly could be the greatest thing ever <sighs> zach efron is fred jones yes will forte is shaggy i'm into it mildly sadly didn't ask matthew Lillard back i have heard that he has announced that he was not informed that he would not be approached for the role because he is the perfect Shaggy. well uh I know. And ken jong is dynamite which we've discussed not it's not as sold on that yeah to me he has a good laugh because they have a I've been reading that they're saying Dick Dastardly is supposed to be the villain. It's like, Ken Jong would bring a great Dick Dastardly laugh.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And he has that Dick Dastardly energy. I don't think he has the mm-hmm. doofy dino-mutt energy. I, I would agree. Unless he's going to be playing him like Kevin from the Gas sea
1: Seasip of Community. No oh, yeah. Well, because just when, they, cause when they said Tracy Morgan is Captain Caveman, I'm into that too. But it's like, actually, Tracy Morgan would be a good dino-mutt. Uh, I I thought Endgame was
0: alright. It kind of left me feeling empty at the end. And while there's a lot of good moments that are very fan servicey and rewarding for people who've seen all the movies or who remember or who remember everything that's happened the way that you and I do, I think that there is just a part of it that felt very thrown together in a way that I think Infinity War didn't. So I'd give it like a C plus. I mean I've seen it twice. So and I had to actually like pay money for it both times, so you can keep at me all you want, but um Why would
1: you just use your A-list pass like a normal person like I did?
0: Because I wanted to see the five o'clock screening so I could then go and promote our podcast. Well for that one, sure. And then I What also, about the second time? Oh I bought a ticket for Abby
1: oh okay yeah but that's not the same
0: Detective pikachu this weekend
1: hopefully.
0: Yeah.
1: then i'm then i'm going out with friends tomorrow night because we're going to see long shot cool yeah i like Seth rogan
0: oh oh okay that one i i kept thinking that it was like no it's not the and he created the character um and then it's like oh seth rogan yeah 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 yeah, the The
1: political rom-com thing yes where apparently at some point during the movie seth rogan will get she's all that oh okay i thought you were gonna say something different no apparently he gets the fabulous makeover turn him from schlub to hub yes you can plug all of your wires and cables
0: into him yeah, he's compatible with Thunder cable, Lightning cable, USB, USB C, uh, those weird things from like your phones in the nineties where they all had different charging cables. Yeah, he'll be your hub for all. So of that. many. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I also had Jim Citycon, which, uh, you know, not everything went the way that it uh was expected. But Zach and I had a lot of fun. Nice. I got to throw tiny children around. And nice. And I drew a lot of X-Men. Or nice. X-Men related characters. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I need to get around to pulling the audio off my phone. Zach and I did some full post-show recap because our attempt to record the panel went horribly because the panel was a fiasco i did wear my lizard costume but because the rooms weren't set up properly we didn't really have time to figure out any video solution the turnout was not good uh we were interrupted by a british gentleman who decided to make himself the third chair on the panel and yeah it was just a weird situation is he allowed to do that uh because you no. not politely but firmly ask him to leave we would have lost a quarter of our audience if we did that a quarter to a third of our audience depending on when we would have asked him to leave
1: oh i see
0: yeah uh not great turnout though considering we had a panel on like comics criticism and discussing things it's like oh yeah, I mean, not sure what to get. Also, neither of us are, like, super big names. We didn't steal Chris Bacalo to come onto our panel.
1: Next time. Yeah, we'll steal see bac next time. Did you have a good free comic book day, Luke?
0: I got Con Crud, and so Saturday and Sunday I spent most of the day
1: in bed. And you know what I did? You did not watch the teen movies that I told you to and read some Hellboy instead. I read
0: all of BPRD. All yeah. ten compendiums
1: between Saturday and Sunday. Okay, now you still have no idea about what the teens want.
0: I have seen not another teen movie. Starring Captain America. Mm-hmm. So I mean I had forgotten about that, but I mean did you even read the episode outlines that I wrote for Colkett's, uh TV show? No. Not yet. Yeah, and you also have not done any hunk voting. That Devin. is also true. Nobody has done hunk voting except for me because I'm good and perfect. And also I am the person who did this. And also I wrote an article on which new mutants characters could run for president because the movie got delayed until 2020, which is when the next election is. And I was like, oh, yeah, that would make sense for an article. And then I started writing an article today about which mutants have roller coasters with the same name or similar enough names and how close are they to the mutants. And uh, the list I started working from had over 1,500 roller coasters, Devin.
1: Damn, Luke.
0: Yeah. Luckily, like, 200 of them are Woody Woodpecker's fucking ride, and there is no mutant named Woody Woodpecker.
1: Yeah, but only one of them is really worth
0: talking about, which is the Beast. Mm-hmm. Well, that was what inspired me. Uh, the most recent episode of Battle of the Atom. Hello again, Zach. And also, hello, Adam. And, uh, yeah, that was what inspired... The very, very dumb
1: list that I started working again. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, for one, had a great free comic book day. Nice. Got me some comic ebooks. books Got the expansion to Dinosaur Island, which adds a fifth player and the water dinosaurs. What's Dinosaur Island? Oh, man. So it's a board game where essentially everyone is in charge of their own Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And you need to try to do better than everyone else by building more fantastical dinosaurs. But with every dinosaur you build, that increases your danger. And if you don't also increase your security to keep up with the danger that you're doing, your meeples will be eaten inside of your park, which is bad. It's a Euro worker placement game. Okay, is the best way to describe it. And okay. then I got that phenomenal Spider-Man cover with the best that I posted on Twitter. Did you see? I don't think so. Oh, man. So it is one where Spider-Man is getting choked out by Dr. Octopus on the front cover, and the little text that explains what's going to happen in the issue, which I wish more comics would do because it's great, was, I need to break free from Dr. Octopus's grasp so I can stop the ghost of Hammerhead from murdering Aunt May. (laughs) It's like, yes. (laughs) Okay, this Um, is a good cover. This is what comics need to be again. Hmm. <laughs> Ridiculous premise. Well phenomenal cover work. And then I went on to win third place at a Star Wars trivia contest. Did you forget about Nien Nub again? No, oh no, I got his question right. Oh nice. What did he get I- wrong? Oh, there's a bunch of them. There's some behind-the-scenes questions that I didn't know. There's a lot of questions like of background characters and just like, what are their names? And like, some of them, it's like, I knew roughly what it was, but not quite. Like the person that Obi-Wan chops his arm off in the cantina. Oh, Ponda Baba. Yeah, if you know his name or what his uh, uh, what he's face. generally referred to as. Oh, oh face, Walrus Man. One. Walrus Man. Yeah. yeah I, I, said you... Wal- I said Walrus Face, though which was deemed not good enough. God, Devin, I
0: forgot how much you hated Star Wars. Me too. You fake-ass Star Wars fan.
1: And my quote was not deemed the best, or my uh, team name quote was not deemed as good as the other ones. What was it? Uh, Master Skywalker. What are we going to do? What was the it other was, one? Uh, looking for love in all around places. That was dumb. No, you know, that's a, that's a people... That's a good one. No, they got that off Redis. Yeah, but I mean. Mine was what the Youngling asked. Mine is what the Youngling asked Obi Wan before he went on his kill spree of the Jedi Temple. (laughs)
0: Uh, don't you mean. What the youngling asked, Luke, uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, by Obi
1: Wan. And yeah, by Obi Wan, I mean Anakin Skywalker, of course. I see
0: how you did so poorly. Also, you should have said not the younglings, because that would have been a better team name if you're all thirty something or late twenty to thirty somethings. Fair. So that's a free one for you. All right. Now that we have spent the first uh, dozen or so minutes of this podcast talking about personal life stuff, please nominate us for all of your podcast awards and recommend us to your friends. And now, are you ready to get into our three stories for today, Devin? Yes. Uh, So today we are covering Ultimate X-Men, Volume 1, Numbers 27 through 33, Return of the King. Ultimate Spider-Man Volume One, numbers forty through forty-five, irresponsible. Irresponsible is what it's collected in in the trades, and then Ultimate Spider-Man Volume One, number one half, the one where Spider-Man goes into the Mystic Pools of Jusenkyo and he is cursed to turn into a woman anytime he is splashed with cold water. (laughs) Deviant Art says that's. What happens here, and I don't want to make them angry. Uh, but yes, we are starting off with Ultimate X Men, numbers 27 through 33, which goes through a few different art teams. The primary ones are Mark Millar, who did the writing in store in all of these, with pencils by David Finch, inks by Art the Bear, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. The other art team who popped on a few times was Adam Kubert on Pencils with Inks by Danny Mickey, and also Chris Sotho Mayor, also appeared a few times to do some coloring. Last time on Ultimate X-Men and Ultimate War, it was good for absolutely nothing, except that Professor Xavier has been captured by S.H.I.E.L.D., Cyclops is thought to be dead after traveling to the Savage Land with Kitty and Wolverine, And the rest of the X-Men are trying to deal with Magneto, who was woken up from his mind-wiping because Beast was horny online.
1: Lots of bad things happen to people because people are being too horny. That is why Cyclops might be dead. That is why Sonic has to be redesigned. Yeah.
0: Too sexual of a design.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's why that Starbucks cup
1: had to be removed from Game of Thrones. Too sexy. All it teaches me is that she is just like us. (laughs) As the queen, it's like, yeah, I can identify with that. (laughs) You are my queen, Devon. Oh, thank you,
0: Luke. But you will never be royal. Royal. But I will call you Queen D. Anyways, at the Louvre Museum in Paris, France, Mastermind and Multiple man, members of Magneto's Brotherhood of Mutants, execute a robbery together with Mastermind, causing everyone to hallucinate bees, while Multiple man and his clones move the paintings and art before
1: leaving with Sabertooth. Meanwhile, at the White House... Nick Fury is showing Dick Cheney their new Sentinels, who are S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in non-metal armor and weapons, and the White House is being set up to protect them. Fury also explains that they are finishing up a satellite that will allow them to attack groups of mutants, expecting them to be pockets of the Brotherhood or the X-Men, and they want to stop them before they start committing those robberies. Me and in Glasgow Station. Moira McTaggart returns
0: to her hidden mutant camp as she struggles to help the mutants uh, while they are hiding because she does not have access to proper supplies. That is when Nightcrawler Kurt Wagner, who had been with the government's Weapon X program, calls her to find out that she is not sure how to reach the X-Men because she has not been able to get into contact with them, but he starts heading to her location. Back at the Citadel, Magneto's base, forge yeah is working on a power enhancer for magneto for which he has been promised all of Canada after it happens which oh man ultimate james Lee is going to get fucked over mm-hmm. he hates that guy <laughs> james doesn't listen to this podcast so it's fine james doesn't listen to any yeah i love you james uh And Sabretooth isn't super happy about Forge getting promised all of Canada. Uh, Sabretooth and the blob are also wondering why Magneto is collecting a bunch of art before they sort of realize he is living his childhood dreams out on his floating asteroid base. And then up in space, Magneto appears and dissembles the mutant tracking satellite, which also strands those astronauts in space
1: dick move but also not a dick move mm-hmm. in chicago a group of mutants are causing some trouble so colossus comes to put a stop to their car and iceman then goes and freezes them while wolverine takes out their ship and storm helps to stop the fire they cause with the weather i did like the bit that they had here with
0: the uh predictive mutant who is ultimately unable to do anything to
1: change their situation mm-hmm. Uh, for the time being, though, the X-Men are moving house to house with Jean hiding their presence, but they are all under a lot of stress, especially with Jean still being uh, processing all the Phoenix events and losing Mr. Scott Summers, which she now thinks uh, Wolverine caused, probably because he might have. In Cuba, though, at Camp X-Factor in Gitmo, uh, Fury tries to get Xavier to give up Magneto, but he's not a snitch and he still thinks he did the right thing. So Fury brings in the newly captured Nightcrawler, who he plans to torture, but Xavier still won't break. Back at their base, Jean's uh, res- resentment towards Wolverine is starting to show, as her abilities allow her to move past his mental blocks. When Magneto appears through a hologram, using a device that Forge created, he offers one final chance t- uh, to either join her- the him or die, and he gives them seven days to make their choice. We then flash back to the
0: Savage Land, where Cyclops was barely hanging on to the side of a cliff. And also Wolverine, and then Wolverine let him fall into the gorge, where his entire body ended up getting pretty messed up, like a stretch arm straw. Gross. Meanwhile in Texas, Kitty Pride sneaks onto a base, but she is also having questions over whether or not what Magneto is doing is actually wrong. On the second day in that pit, Scott accounted for his complete situation and regretted trusting Wolverine. Meanwhile in LA, Wolverine and Colossus teamed up to stop more Brotherhood agents, and Colossus proposed the fastball special. On the twelfth day down in the pit, Cyclops was barely surviving and holding it together, and then by the 26th, he was wildly hallucinating until a mysterious organization rescues him meanwhile on the Blackbeard Aurora and Hank talked about their feelings and how Hank finally knows that their feelings for each other are true since the professor hasn't been around to make them feel more in love or something I mean it's a weird thing you only need to rewrite a person's memory
1: and emotions once to make them think that they're in love maybe they're so repulsed by each other that maybe the professor really just had to keep working overtime (laughs)
0: And at Camp X-Factor, Nightcrawler is tortured into giving up Moira's location. And Charles finds the bright side that they're going to get the care that they need. Which, Charles, I don't think you know what happens at Guantanamo Bay. There's a reason why the camp is not within the borders of the United States. And he's also like, and also I get to make all these other mutes listen to me and my message. And then we find out that Cyclops is in medical care. On the
1: Citadel. Bum, bum, bum. Let's be real. I feel like Charles having like a captive audience of mutants is like his greatest dream of all, though. Yeah. Well, beyond people paying him money. To- oh, fair. Magneto prepares to enact his big plan where the idiot has an arc of only two of each animal, including humans. And Magneto, you need like 50 to 500 of each species to preserve that genetic health, my dude yeah i did my research for this part again
0: and like noah's Ark, because magneto says he is going to do a reverse genesis even though like genesis does not end with noah's Ark. yeah like magneto you got a lot more weird biblical stuff to get through your plan is just very dumb the torah luke he is reading
1: the torah
0: Yeah. Well, also, Magneto around this point says that there's only five continents on the Earth.
1: And that's when Magneto teamed up with Kyrie Irving and came out as Flat Earthers. (laughs) (laughs) Kyrie Irving is the one human that gets to be spared. (laughs) Sorry, male model. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So far, every mutant who Magneto's reached out to, who knows him, has turned him down. Uh, Forge goes to talk, though, and he's worried about Magneto's plan to reverse the magnetic poles, because that is a very bad idea. The doctors on the Citadel are frustrated about Magneto's plan as well, but when they arrive, one of them recognizes him as Cyclops and gets optic blasted if he takes a doctor hostage. So Magneto gets in, high big machine, and starts a series of attacks, including one... Oh, his. Oh, Yes. Swagneto gets in his big machine and starts a series of attacks, including one on the X-Factor camp, where they pull out Xavier and the other mutants. As Swagneto feels his power growing, Cyclops, in his briefs, blasts Magneto, and Magneto gloats about how Cyclops is all alone when Cyclops reveals that he is called the X-Men, who then suddenly crash in with the Blackbird and start wrecking things up. Storm Electric keeps Magneto, while Jean uses her psychic powers to allow Scott to see, and Wolverine then decapitates Sabretooth. (laughs) Uh, Magneto does his big I'm not down yet, as Kitty works to disable the machine, but Magneto, in the machine, sets off a nuclear reactor explosion near Miami, something that he is not able to stop. I do like how great that moment when the X-Men crash-in
0: feels, because this is... Like, not even Silver Age Magneto. This is, like, if Silver Age Magneto actually did not understand science enough to know that what he was doing was super bad and yep. dumb. So, gloating, Magneto begins to torture Wolverine and calls him out on his shit until Colossus fights through the pain of Magneto trying to control his body. And then Colossus beats the shit out of Magneto because... Wolverine and Colossus are very good friends. Wink. Meanwhile, Xavier and the escaped mutants from Guantanamo Bay fly on the Sentinels to Miami under Professor Xavier's control
1: to help do evac and damage control. The X-Men reinvigorated beat up Magneto more and he starts talking about the Thing from another world and then tries to crash planes into them and Jean throws up two shields. One around her, Cyclops, Storm, Colossus, Wolverine, and Kitty into one around magneto and beast and proceeds to let them curb stomp the old man also when i was tweeting out bits
0: as i was reading this someone pointed out that magneto apparently either in the U- in the ultimate universe there is a different version of the thing from another world because the monster chooses to die not the way magneto talks about it And also, Magneto would be an idiot who has
1: not actually seen the much better movie John Carpenter's The Thing. Probably. Also, do you think that Ultimate Magneto's a juggalo because that's why he doesn't understand the badness of reversing the magnetic poles? Because he he don't trust no scientists because they'd be lying and shit.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's just all the magnets are messing with his brain. That could be too. Because, like, he seems to be fine if he is not around the North Pole. Or around Earth's magnetic poles at the top or bottom of the Earth. Because that's where he seems to just go and, like, lose it and become paranoid. Because it was, like, he was fine working with Charles initially when they were, like, on the south part uh, before, like, going closer to the pole. And then as soon as he gets... Even nearer, he's like, oh, hey, here's my helmet, so you can't read my thoughts anymore. Oh, here's my Gestapo, so you can't stop my thoughts anymore. Like, they just need to keep him away from Earth's magnetic poles. Smart. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways... Xavier calls the X-Men in to let them know the reactor is going to go critical and Rogue is doing her best, pushing her powers to limits, which Xavier has somehow amplified to a factor of nine to absorb all the radiation. Jean has the Phoenix take over her again and flies out, lifting up the entire five mile or so radius plus like half a mile beneath off of the ground and back at the base with Magneto knocked down. Wolverine and Cyclops realize they need to throw down. Wolverine confesses that he did try to kill Cyclops. And when they go to fight it out, Cyclops takes him out with a single optic blast like a chump. Meanwhile, in Florida, the Phoenix Force is still moving the nuclear area into space when humans around them start to crowd and the X-Men are worried that they might be going to attack them. But it turns out that, oh, if you prevent a nuclear blast that would destroy the entire east coast of the United States... They're going to cheer you on.
1: Even if they usually don't care for you. Mm -hmm. With the world saved by the X-Men and Wolverine removed from the school, the president's got to hand it to the X-Men, which Fury is fine with, but others are against. Fury suggests making the X-Men a government-controlled and funded agency, who are their future. So a few months later, at the new school during Parents' Day, the Ultimates, the X-Men, and the potential students and families meet up with Rogue, joining the school along with Nightcrawler. Professor James Braddock also shows up and explains his daughter Betsy ended up in the body of Quanon, a comatose Japanese woman who apparently consented despite being in a coma. He also mentions he's working on an EU version of the Ultimates. Um, that
0: Quanon thing is weird as hell. Like, why, Mark? Why? Why have
1: we got to bring Quanon into this? Yeah well to me it's like with some of these with these redesigns it's like just make betsy asian from the get-go yeah like make her like lord
0: braddock or whatever had a wife in hong kong yeah and then he divorced her because he had to marry a white woman or something like that yep
1: no i agree Uh, meanwhile Bee's parents show up which he didn't expect because they don't really like him but now they're writing a book on raising mutant kids despite the fact that they are shitty parents so storm comes over and freaks them out thor and jean meanwhile talk about how military funding should instead be used for the greater good and then about the phoenix and thor tells her to still be careful inferior and xavier share a final moment looking forward to working together and then xavier leaves to feed his cat mystique That mystique drop is good because
0: Xavier has had that cat since, like, the first issue. Mm -hmm. And this is where you finally get the name. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that is very good. Uh, Magneto, meanwhile, envisions his escape and revenge, brutally murdering everyone and then destroying the world, except for America, which will be under his control. But in reality, he was reading a letter that was written to him by a fan which is weird, but like Magneto's like, oh, no, that's a stupid plan, even though I'm pretty sure North Pole Magneto would have been like, oh, yeah, no, this is great. I want to do all of this. Like, he's away from the pole. He's doing fine now.
1: I mean, that's always good for him.
0: Yeah. So Charles visits. They discuss the world, Magneto being a celebrity. And meanwhile, in Canada cyclops finds wolverine killing and eating a bear raw and cyclops wants to apologize cyclops should not apologize
1: no it's like cyclops you are in the right there's literally nothing you did to possibly be in the right
0: there was like radical forgiveness but then there's also being a dinkus Mm -hmm. like A Wolverine is a person with massive antisocial tendencies that may have been the results of years of him making horrible choices and being forced into horrible situations. But also, you do not owe him any forgiveness for what he did. He needs to make the first step. And if he does something as awful as trying to murder you to sleep with your girlfriend who is at least a decade a minor. We don't know how old Wolverine is at this point. Well, no. No, no because she did, did recognize she's not a
1: minor. Yeah. Like, she's just over 18. That, because after we after said that she yeah. was, it was like, actually, no, I'm pretty sure first issue of this specifically say she's 19.
0: Yeah, okay. So more okay. But still, Wolver- just a
1: creepy old man.
0: Yes, who fought in World yes. War II? Like, it's still, no, if your first thing is to try and kill a boyfriend of a woman who's several decades your minor to hook up with her, uh, you need to get right with yourself. So, Cyclops, maybe let him go and eat some bears Mm. raw.
1: The real question is, though, Luke, can Wolverine even date anyone at this stage in the game? Half, uh, half your age exactly. plus seven. I guess I guess this uh, Wolverine isn't as old as normal Wolverine.
0: Okay, if we know that he fought during World War II, that means he would have at least been 18 in 1945. Yeah. So 1945 minus 18 is 1927. And this came out in like 2003. Like
1: minus
0: 1927. So he's 76. So 76 divided by 2 is 38, and 38 plus 7 is 45. So he can date anyone 45
1: and up and be fine by that rule. By that same rule is, what is the rule for Captain America? Does he get a pass because he was frozen? Um, I think so. So Wolverine I mean, was
0: actually alive for all of that. Though he doesn't remember it. Because, I mean, we could also argue that Captain America does not remember what happened while he was frozen. Beyond him being frozen. So, I mean, if we're giving them... But, his, but, so though, he's, but, he's, but he, he's not aging, though. Yeah. But also, Gene is still under that 45 that age That's 100%. Mark. And if he is... How old would he say Wolverine is supposed to look here?
1: Mid-35. I mid-30. That's kind of what I was thinking.
0: So, 35 divided by 2 plus 7. 24, 25. So, she's still a decent bit under mm-hmm. that. I kind of hate how we have... this discussion because i know this can't be the first time we've had it no i would agree um stop making characters who are immortal because they're just
1: going to be creeps pretty much especially when you already have wolverine who's already kind of a creepy dick anyhow
0: yeah so, Magneto criticizes Charles for working with S.H.I.E.L.D. now, and Charles views it as a small price to pay for getting to coexist and getting small things like minority representation in TV shows and big things like Immune Equal Rights Act, which, I mean, Charles, we don't even have that for queer and trans mm-hmm. people, so, I mean, yeah, Magneto's still unhappy, and he regards his kids as only being worthwhile for killing their human mother And Charles
1: is asked to leave. Politely but firmly. Mm -hmm. Cyclops, meanwhile, explains to Wolverine that he needs to find better post-violence solutions for helping people and he invites Wolverine to come back as a preemptive action, and the other students have agreed to have him back. Wolverine does not want to put... Uh, does not want to, but as a final deal, he is able to give Wolverine back his wedding rings, into hint to his past, with the promise to find out more. As Charles is removed, Magneto tries to casually ask about Quicksilver healing, and Charles erases the conversations he had from the minds of all the guards. That Charles morally dubious as also since Charles is the one who gets to expel people. Cyclops, did you ask Charles if he could come back? I mean, are you saying
0: that it's Professor Xavier found out? Are you saying that it's like Professor Xavier found
1: out and told Cyclops to do this? No, more of like he's because there's because they make the point that like all the stu- all the students are saying we're glad to ha- that we'll have you back. But then Danny oh. Charles comes in and is just like oh, oh no, you get out of here, you mangy cur, and tosses Wolverine back out.
0: Uh, we got a boop 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 boop, boop uh,
1: Mother's Day update.
0: Uh, Ticketmaster sent me an email saying Mom deserves a night out and has suggested the first two shows which are Kids Bop Kids and PJ Masks in PJ Masks Live Save the Day. I don't think Mom would enjoy those as a Mother's Day gift I agree, from her. PJ Masks it's kill, Luke. They don't. Oh. Um... But after that, they suggest the Ariana Grande Sweetener tour, Cool and the Gang with the Columbus Symphony Orchestra, and New Kids on the Block, the mixtape tour.
1: The Ariana Grande concert would be cool. Yeah. Well, what are you getting your mom for Mother's Day? Oh, I got it was a Third Man Records exclusive when the truck came around, a copy of a Boz Skaggs album that my mother likes. Or as he is now known like he's a now. Yusuf Islam. I was about to say Bashahu, but like, oh. nope, it's not that one. Cat and by Stevens folks known as
0: Stevens. Wait, did you mix up Ball Skags and Cat Stevens? Yes. It's
1: like it, it's it's like <laughs> it's one of those things <laughs> that my mom likes that uh, it's fine. Um, and by, yes, and by boss gags I may have cast students
0: <laughs> Devin Devin. Okay. But I also mixed up boss gags with uh um Who's the guy who did the Life is a Highway? Is that fucking sugar ray? No, the cars version uh, uh, Rascal Flats, Rascal Flats. Oh, no, that's it um, Yeah I mean, Ball Skaggs Now that I remember who uh, Ball Skaggs is Works a bit more, but also still a very different Artist than Yusuf Islam A.K.A. Cat Stevens Yes What are you getting your mom, Luke? A membership To the Santa Fe Botanical Gardens Ooh, nice Hmm. It's an activity. It also supports a local company. Look at you. I know. This has been Mom Talk, brought to you by Live Nation. Ah, uh, we then get into the most anticipated comic: Gelf, 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 Ultimate Spider-Man. Numbers 40 through 45, with story by Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Art the Bear, colors by Transparency Digital, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. Peter Parker, who lost his costume fighting Venom, is trying to find a solution, but he is currently unable to figure one out. And when Mary Jane tries to talk to him through passing notes, he gets caught after saying he doesn't understand why they aren't together anymore. And man, that's a great
1: scene. Mm-hmm. Just the embarrassment as the teens feel shame as their teacher reads that out loud. Flash stops him after class
0: to try and talk, but Peter blows him off. <gasps> Later on, Spider-Man in his sweats costume stops the mugging but feels dumb when his mask breaks. When he gets home, when asks if he is going to a party with some kids from another school. And, well, Which is also
1: Gwyn- another great conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, the book is full of very good conversations. Mm-hmm. If you're going to read one for some good Bindus dialogue, but not necessarily the most succinct Bendis story, this is a good one.
1: This is a great story. Well, most of the first three issues.
0: Yeah, so Gwyn and peter go to the party and while he's there he sees liz allen and a gothed out mary jane like she has her hair black and she's wearing all black clothes but it's not really goth I it's guess. not
1: super goth
0: yeah it's more of just
1: black leather because mark bagley does not know what teens wear maybe teens don't even know what teens wear this will make her look different and cool to the other and, teens at the party.
0: And it's awkward for Peter, so he goes to leave with Gwen when they hear the crowd chanting. You want to start chanting? Geldof.
1: Geldof. 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 cars. That's when the fuzz arrive and everyone starts to scramble through the house. Peter and Gwen help MJ and Liz get over the fence and then get to a bus stop. Two other students know Geldof is a mutant for an exchange student. Liz, once again, reminds us all about her dead mutant uncle. And Gwen then reminds everyone that her dad was killed by Spider-Man. But luckily, the bus comes and Peter's able to feel less weird about everyone talking shit like this. But he and MJ end up sitting together and Peter tells her that he lost the costume. MJ gives him a letter to open when he gets home. He gets home and he opens the letter and she says that she loves him but needs to work out her communication skills, and then that's what he runs on over, and they make out and get back together. Aw, yeah. At school the next day, Peter's confused why people like Gildas so much, which, I'm sorry, Peter, he's a cool teen who's blowing up cars with his mind. There's a lot of reasons to think he's cool. I mean, if Peter could blow up cars with his mind, I don't think he'd handle it as well. Definitely not. But then he sees Mary Jane, and Flash once again tries to talk to Peter, but this time MJ and him tell uh, Flash off.
0: I don't know what Flash is trying to talk to them about, and I'm looking forward to this getting resolved. I know what he's going to talk to him about. Is Flash impreg, because the DeviantArt art that I saw
1: would make me assume that. I do not believe so.
0: Okay. This was
1: also a weird issue to also, because especially with knowing what Flash is going for, for starting to read this series because it's like, oh, this is the one series where Flash isn't actually being a super huge jerk.
0: No, Peter is just being a jerk because of what Flash has done in the past yes. to establish their relationship. So. Liz, meanwhile, explains that Gildorf is now attacking things at his school, and Peter wants to go, but he has no costume, so MJ gives him half a costume that she had been working on, which is pretty much the top part of the costume, but with a really long shirt bottom, and then the khakis that he was wearing. Peter swings across the city to find Gildoff and the other students after he had exploded some more cars, and the police are also there gildolf begs spider-man to take him away and when he is refused gildolf just grabs onto peter and they end up on the ceiling of the school peter gets to talking and finds out that the principal suspended half of the football team because of the cars he blew up at the party gildolf initially just blew up the principal's car in protest and then he just kept blowing them up because once you pop the fun doesn't stop Mm -hmm. also do you remember the time at bexley when like all the student-athletes got in trouble for having the teen drinking party and then taking pictures and posting those pictures on Facebook Hell and looking yeah, at, them at school and looking at them at the library when the principal was there looking at the computers they were looking at. And the ultimate resolution was parents threatened to uh, sue the school until everybody who was in an extracurricular program had to sign a drug-free and drinking-free pledge
1: hell uh, yeah i do uh, good times Remember, they also lit half the uh football field on fire because i also remember that <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: god yeah and it was plastic too yeah yeah astroturf good times <laughs> mm-hmm I'll have to bleep out that guy's name that you said because there's a difference between naming a high school and naming a person who actually went to a high school and did (laughs) a major amount of damage. Yep. I mean, rich people are very, very dumb. Oh, 100%. I mean, there was a time that my youth group went down to Santa Fe and multiple people were caught drinking uh, on the trip. Because they were so drunk that they were unable to hide and they were pretty much threatened to either shape up or they would be flown back at their parents' expense. Nice. Yeah.
1: Rich people are dumb. Rich people are super dumb. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to super cool team Geldof. When Peter talks about his powers, he says he thinks that Geldolf's a mutant, which Geldof doesn't like because he's a lab orphan who was adopted and taught not to like the mutants. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man tries to talk it out with him, and Geldolf wants to know more about him. Peter, takes, Peter talks about the responsibility angle of being a hero and needing to help people, and Geldof doesn't really get it. But then suddenly, Spider-Man hears a robbery going on, and he goes to stop those robbers in the Captain America, Iron Man, and Batman mask. Very similar to the opening of Spider-Man Homecoming. But mm-hmm. Geldof interferes when they were standing down, almost killing people, and Spider-Man goes back to smack him and gets him to stop. And that's when Geldof threatens to try exploding the Spider-Man. But that's when, luckily, Storm Jean Grey and Kitty Pride show up, looking for Geldof. And that is the end of the three issues that I got for free from eating a ton of cheese sticks. Eating some cheese sticks. That's how
0: you got to meet Gildorf. Mm-hmm. Back at school, the principal evacuates everyone early after informing their parents. And the X-Men introduce themselves to Gildorf, and he faints, realizing that it means that he is probably a mutant. So Spider-Man and the X-Men get to talking about him actually being Spider-Man and Gildorf recovers only to faint again. They still aren't fully sure if he is a mutant or not, so Professor Xavier psychically tells them to bring him back to the school, and Spider-Man is invited as well. But back at the school, Mary Jane's mom and Aunt May, she'll to pick up MJ, Gwyn and Peter, but Peter is
1: missing. <gasps> On the plane, Spider-Man explains about losing his costume. Geldof wakes up again and explodes the Blackbird, and as it starts to crash, Peter gets sucked out of the plane.
0: Now, I did the math here, and... PS 44 is in the Bronx and Westchester, New York is 26 driving miles away. If the blackbird can fly on average 22,000 miles per hour, it should have taken them 0.1 seconds of flying to get there. They were taking the scenic route, Luke. <laughs> okay. Aunt May, I, I just,
1: yes, no, go ahead. Go ahead with your math, Luke.
0: I just wanted to do the math, Devin. And i I know there's time for takeoff and everything, but, I don't think they need that.
1: Maybe they needed some drive-thru.
0: You can't move a
1: military-grade plane through a drive-thru. Maybe they landed and went inside. They maybe landed on the freeway. Just like in the hit film Con Air. Or Deadpool. Or Deadpool. But done better in Con Air. Because Conair has more Nick Cage in it, Luke. Yeah, but they also don't land on the freeway. They
0: land on the main thread. Oh, that's true. Las Vegas. Yeah, Devin. Whatever. My thing actually had them landing on the the freeway. Whatever,
1: Luke. Whatever. (laughs) It may, meanwhile, on her cell phone, tries to reach out to Peter at the Daily Bugle, but can't get the right line, and everyone keeps transferring her. At home, May is still trying to call, reaching out to teachers now and finding out that Peter was also missing during classes, and ultimately she breaks into the basement. Peter, meanwhile, is reading Uncle is reading Ben Yurick's book on the Kingpin, but he wakes up naked in front of all the X-Men except for Wolverine. The storm explains that they had saved him from falling, but they had to take off his mask to check on him, and then he blurts out his name, revealing his identity to them. My
0: question is, is this like between... Is this before them getting Wolverine back, or is Wolverine just doing something else? Because if the X-Men show up and Wolverine isn't there, the first question we should be asking
1: is, where is Wolverine? Always. Maybe, meanwhile examines his basement lab, but finds nothing, including clues that reveal that he is secretly Spider-Man. Geldof ends up waking up, and Charles has him
0: psychically sedated, and finds out that Geldof was actually a mutate who was supposed to be made into a mutant, but his powers didn't activate until later when he had been given up for adoption. Xavier plans to write about this, but Spider-Man is more concerned about Geldof's fate since he's mutant phobic, and Xavier is just really kind of nonplussed about the entire thing. Spider-Man has a brief fantasy of escaping with Geldof fighting X-Men along the way, and Xavier promises to help him out, and Geldof apologizes for what he did, and Spider-Man realizes it is incredibly late, and when he gets home, Aunt May stops him, and we never see Geldof again. R.I.P. Geldof. Yeah, Xavier's like, ah, yes, Mr. Geldof, you are not actually a mutant, you are a mutate, which means that you had your genetics changed to give you your powers, and as a result, I'm going to murder you (laughs) And then present several reports, and because you will be dead, you will not be able to argue against what I said, including the fact that you love to eat farts. The paper is Gildolf the Mutate, who could explode things, really loved to eat farts, by Charles Xavier, PhD, PhD, PhD.
1: Poor Gildolf. Yeah, I was always surprised that they never brought him back. It's like, you did spend five whole issues like setting this dude up. But it was also
0: Bendis coming up with Gildoff. And I mean, Gildoff did appear in the mainstream Marvel universe. Twice. Did he? Yeah. Uh, so there was a version of him on the Avengers Initiative uh, who got killed Uh, During the uh, Skrull invasion. Of course. Uh, But he went by the name Proton as his superhero identity. Uh, And Bendis was the one who actually killed him off in that. And then Bendis also introduced an inhuman version of him in uh, in inhumanity. Okay. Okay. And that
1: one's still alive. Good for him. We then switch over to Aunt May talking to her therapist and talking about how she has confronted Peter when he got home and she was angry and ended up opening his uh, bag to find his mother's Robin Hood book. And Peter lied about being at the food court and that he only skipped geometry.
0: Why does she never ask him about the Xavier Institute shirt that he's wearing? Because she
1: should know what laundry
0: that he has. Mm-hmm.
1: Well... Maybe he also got that at the super cool mall. May is upset. I guess. Yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, also, why wouldn't Peter say, hey, I was doing research on a field trip with a private school that wanted to offer me. Like, Peter could have probably talked about maybe enrolling in the Xavier Institute. I mean, I know it wouldn't work, but. Truth. Oh, no, Xavier kills Peter as well because
1: he's (laughs) just a mutate. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> they destroy all mutates. May is upset, and her therapist asks why, and Mae talks about a time she saw Spider-Man stop the skate punks, and she's worried about Peter living in a world, and she thinks Spider-Man might be a neighbor, and he's been so closely associated with their lives recently. She has a lot of pieces and just hasn't been able to put them together. Her therapist
0: asks if she is feeling guilty for getting help, and she admits that it was because of George Stacy's death, And then maybe that's why she took Gwyn in because she can't handle being alone and all the thoughts that she gets when she's alone. And then seeing the tape that Peter found also brought back a lot of feelings and caused her to feel worse because she feels that she can't love someone without them dying. And she's also concerned about the nights when Peter isn't in, thinking that he's over with Mary Chain. And ultimately she thinks about the leniency and... Like it's a way of keeping distance from Peter, otherwise he is going to die too. And her therapist points out how she's just using this, a channel of the grief, into doing positive things. But that May really needs to talk to Peter about things and maybe deal with the romantic feelings that she had towards George Stacy. And also she needs to just go on and keep dating. And when she gets home, Aunt May invites Peter to go with her to the movies and just have fun. And Peter is excited. And um, what about Aunt May liking George and Stacey?
1: Yo, it May us feeling horny, Luke. Got two horny single parents. Aw, yeah. Devin, Devin.
0: Would it be lewd, is it? No, I'm not going to... Nope, nope,
1: nope. I'm stopping myself. Say your lewd comment, Luke. Let the internet hear it. I can just bleep
0: myself off. You think she... Wow. Yes. Uh we then have Ultimate Spider Man one half, which was an issue offered through Wizard Magazine issue number 136, with a special uh, holder and Certificate of Authenticity It was again by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Mark Bagley Inks by Arthur Bear, colors by Transparency Digital And letters by Chris Eliopoulos
1: Everyone's favorite pal J. Jonah Jameson <coughs> And the staff At the Daily Bugle are meeting and discussing a story Tara Keegan, a black woman Walked out of a store followed by Warren Hepburn An employee who accused her of trying to steal Shoes when she snuck them into her bag Hepburn asked to see the bag. She refused, so he assaulted her, throwing her against the store wall. She called and said she was pregnant and needed help. Clarence Wilson, a black man, forcibly separated the two, but Hepburn now was calling for help while Wilson tried to force him to apologize. Then Danny Rand stepped forward, asking Wilson to let Hepburn go, and when he didn't, Rand kicked him in the head and then prepared to use his powers to attack. Spider-Man swung in, socking Rand and inadvertently hitting Hepburn in the face and knocking the shoes she stole out. The punch was captured on camera. When Rand went to fight Wilson
0: still, Spider-Man knocked him out. And Danny Rand, when stopped by the police to give his statement, felt disillusioned about being a vigilante because Spider-Man kicked him. Jameson wants to run the picture and the story on the front cover, and Ben Yurick has an issue with Jameson's sake on the story he relates spider mans side who said that he took the risk to try and help and when he saw rand with his glowing hands uh preparing to attack uh which resulted in everything that happened he sprung into action because he figured that was his area of things and even though tara keegan had sold him the shoes and was not pregnant and the cops did end up arresting her he feels bad about stopping Danny, knowing that it will likely end up on the cover of the Daily Bugle. And Yurik tries to keep him from running with the story, but Jameson
1: likes the picture, so he ultimately decides to run it. Classic Jan- Jameson.
0: Mm hmm. All right. So, this episode's running a bit long, probably because we did all that good content when we were talking about our personal mm-hmm. lives. So, uh, up first, it is time to uh, do the Ultiverse of Q rankings. We have Return of the King, which it's got some good stuff. I think it's also kind of all over the place. It is.
1: And not as it's... good as J.R.R. Tolkien's Return of the King. Um,
0: I don't think it's as good as the Return of the King Prelude. I would agree. Um maybe right under Spider-Man and Black Widow. There we go. Above Spider-Man and Shang-Chi. So our new number 24 is Ultimate X-Men, Return of the King. We then have Ultimate Spider-Man Volume One, numbers forty-three, forty-five, irresponsible, which I think this was another step down but still wasn't the worst thing
1: those first three issues were great really it's once we get to the Xavier Institute it kind of falters a little bit
0: yeah uh how do you feel about putting this above ultimate marvel team up the spider-man and x-men issue there we go uh because right above that is ultimate spider-man super special which does some similar things but i think is much more effective overall yes so our new number 17 is Ultimate Spider-Man Irresponsible. And then we have the Untitled Half Issue. Uh, our current other half issue is right under the Return of the King Prelude. That's the Ultimate X-Men one. Um, how do you feel about this one? I feel like it's trying to do something, but it does not stick the landing.
1: Yes, but I liked it better than the last half issue. Yeah um
0: how would you feel about putting it hmm. um right under world tour above the return of the king Kraylu. there we go so a new number 21 ultimate spider-man one half all right so that brings our list up to 37 different issues or 37 different stories
1: yeah.
0: hmm. Devin, do you know what we are covering next time?
1: Is it some Ultimate Spider Man again? Mm hmm. Do you know what that volume is about? I don't remember.
0: Uh, we are going to be covering the content in the eighth one Cats and Kings. Mm-hmm.
1: But where also Black Cat appears, and soon, well, not super soon, we'll get to get to the issue where that time that Black Cat threw up on Peter's dick. <laughs> Truly a classic for the ages. <laughs> we are also going
0: to be covering Ultimate X-Men Volume 7 Blockbuster which is also going to have uh, Wolverine doing some Wolverine stuff and teaming up with Daredevil and Spider-Man. Yay, more Ultimate Daredevil. Yeah, maybe he'll finally be good. Don't bet on it, listeners. Now, Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at FETFET. That's F-R-E-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online on Twitter at at Coltrick, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. You can also find me on uh, RPG Pals Club, uh, Exiled, you know, other podcasts. Uh, It is late and my voice is starting to die out because of allergy medications running out. Uh, If you're listening to this, and you don't know just go to ultiversal key you can find all about the shows you can find out about the patreon where i'm going to be putting up some bonus content from the convention now that i'm not sick and dying to the same degree and if you can do me a favor you got a friend who is like oh Miles morales that's a character i like I wish there is a easy to understand story explaining this university that he came explaining this university came from. Could you go to them and say, "Hey, you don't get to get off that easy. Comics are made to be complicated for a reason. Uh, you should listen to this really weird podcast called Ultiversal Q. That's a spinoff, but also a continuation of another podcast on alternate comics universes. Uh, They're talking about stuff. There's a teen who blows up cars and Spider-Man has to talk to him. And they talk about embryos and genetic processing. And then Professor Xavier probably kills him.
1: 100% the podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anyways, we'll be back in another two weeks. Talk about stuff. And then, you know, we got the week after that down Luke?
1: X-Men, Dark Phoenix. Let's see if Fox won't mess up that storyline the second time. They probably will then. Well, yeah. I don't have the best of faith in it. Yeah, I'm not not the biggest fan of What's-Her-Name.
0: Yeah. Sophie Turner. Well, we'll find some way that we'll do a bonus episode. Uh, Until next time, we will catch you on the flip mode. Peace.